0: of the st louis sports hall of fame this is golf with jay delsing
1: hey good morning this is golf with jay delsing i'm your host jay i got pearly with me pearly good morning what's happening today
2: good morning jay uh just getting ready for the show i'm really excited about today's show it's uh it's a a change up from what we've done in the past extremely informative and i'm really excited about you letting everybody know kind of the the backgrounds of what we're doing here,
1: right? So, this is a little bit of different. We've been kind of branching out a little bit, it's a little odd for our show. We had a couple of live remotes in a row at Wild Crush Wine Bar, which was really fun, gave away a lot of neat prizes. Then, the next week, we went up and hung out with the Allens up at the loading dock, and that was very cool. This week, and next week for that matter, we have an interview with Scott Fawcett, he is the creator of Decade Golf. We uh, formulated the show like Around the Golf, and the first segment is called the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by the Gateway section of the PGA. Folks, uh, join me in thanking them. They do a great job in our region, just doing really, really fun stuff, uh, making our golf experiences better. So, And then each week, we give away a dozen TP5 golf balls, compliments of uh, Jeff Thornhill. Thorny, thank you so much. Uh, send me an email J at JdelsonGolf.com, spell out J-A-Y on both of those. And just put balls in the subject somewhere, and um, we will be sending you some golf balls. This is week 45, Pearl. We've got uh, 44 dozen that have been shipped out. It's really a a cool thing. And I want to say, for the last week, Bob and Kathy Donahue are dropping off the show, but we really appreciate their help and their support. And they do great things for the inside or the outside of your home. So, guys, 314-805-2132 for Bob and Kathy Great human beings, great friends, and we appreciate their support. All right, so Jim, Decade Golf, Decade Golf is an acronym for distance, expectations, correct target, analyze, discipline, and then execute. And here's why this is so exciting because the the modern day tour player is plugging into this. And this is, this is using the advanced metrics from the PGA Tour. It started in 2016 for, uh, um, when Shotlink, actually in 2007, started accumulating data. It wasn't all that, it wasn't used for much, but they started accumulating data and, and, and writing down Everybody's shots, here's this shot, here's that shot, this drive, this second shot, how often you hit the green, how often do you miss, et cetera. And um, uh, so Scott Fawcett is a numbers guy, John. He is a numbers guy, Love poker. You know, poker is all about knowing the numbers, knowing the odds, and what are the percentages, and when do you play the percentages, and how often can you play the percentages so that the outcome – goes more in your favor i mean that's really what it is and gosh we don't want to talk too much about this because we
2: could break wait a second second. i want to make sure that you mentioned though yes the tour players are using this and wildly successfully and you're going to hear that in the interview and our breakdown of the interview but you can use it i can use it the 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 regular guy at the country club can use it. my buddy dave henry can use it uh uh mr sites can use it people can use it to really help their games across the board there's been some obvious things that you've talked about through the years so give an example one is when you play in the pro-ams virtually none of the amateurs ever hit enough club so that's something that scott talks about in his group so it's things that have been in the peripheral but this guy has put this together of the top indicators to really make your game better and he's not talking about swinging better he's not talking about changing your swingers changing your clubs He's talking about taking a different approach to the game. It's wildly dynamic and some of his statements and some of the things that I've started plugging into now that I'm starting to learn this. It's wow. This is, and it's being mentioned on TV during golf and Bradell Chablis show and stuff. But I would say sparingly, this is revolutionary. This is monster huge stuff and it's changing the game. And, and it's, you and I talking about how do we make the game better for everybody to enjoy it more, understand the the odds more. And you're gonna understand it better and play it strategically more. People don't have the first idea how to play it strategically or what they are using. Per Scott is the wrong methods.
1: Oh no, John. There's there's no question about it. And this is just trying to give your playing to the percentages to give yourself the best opportunity to score as low as you can. I mean, there's no question. I mean, we've always known you gotta eliminate three putts. That's one of the things. You gotta eliminate three putts. We've talked about three putting uh, and eliminating those as one of the quickest ways to lower your handicap. And that is certainly one of his things. Tiger Woods did this thing, John, and called it the Tiger five. And it's, it's amazingly simple and pretty much a hundred percent the opposite way of the way I went about my tour career.
2: I wasn't going to bring that up. I'm I know. It. I, know. I, I was,
1: it was, yeah,
2: I, yeah, I was going to bring it up multiple times and I still plan on it. But, what, what parts do you most see that you wish you would have understood better as a player?
1: John, first of all, what my tendencies were. The numbers are what my tendencies were. I knew that when I missed the ball left, you know, which was basically a double cross for me, it was lights out. Good night. Yeah. See you later. Sayonara. We both knew that. But there yeah. would be so much more significant data associated with that, John, to let us know what the hell that actually meant. You know, and that is where the significance really comes in. John, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up this On the Range segment. We're going to run through the interview, and then that will give us a longer uh, 19th hole to break some of this stuff down because this there's a lot sure. to unpack. And, by the way, we got this next week as well because we have over an hour with Scott, and it it, it entails a lot of interesting stuff, I think. So,
2: so let's say if, if the listeners are interested, take notes. Grab your phone. Put your notes in your phone. You could easily pull away two or three or four things from these two interviews, at least that absolutely will radically make you a better score of, of the golf game just by understanding things differently. There's no, nothing else.
1: There's no question. We're going to do the tip of the cap. It's brought to you by my buddies at Dean team Volkswagen of Kirkwood three, one, four, nine, six, six, zero, three, zero, three. That's our guy, Colin. Pearlie's got a Colin vehicle. I have a Colin vehicle. Joe had a Colin vehicle. Uh, He's just terrific. Guys, we are tipping our cap to this, this form of technology. These two weeks, we're tipping our hat to the Decade Golf app, the numerous golf apps out there that can really, really work, namely Decade Golf. Check it out. It can really help you understand your game. There's also components in this thing, John, about relaxation, about meditation, all these things that we, you and I do in the other parts of our life. So that's the tip of the cap. It's brought to you by Colin and the Dean Team, Volkswagen of Kirkwood, 314 Folks, that's going to wrap up the On the Range segment. Don't go anywhere. John and I'll be back with more of the Front Nine. This is Golf with Jay Delson. Folks, are you in the market for some additional protection for your ride? You need to call my friends at Vehicle Assurance. Their number is 866-341-9255. Sherry Fain is the owner and president, and she and her team are committed to helping you with your unexpected auto repair bills. They are committed to finding the right protection for you, your budget, and your family. They only work with the top vehicle service providers in the country. Get the protection and the peace of mind you deserve. That's Vehicle Assurance, 866-341-9255 for a free quote. 866-341-9255. How would you like access to 90 holes of golf? Well, that's what happens when you join at Whitmore Country Club. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardeen, and the Golf Club of Wentzville. And guess what? No cart fees included in that deal. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, two large pool complexes, three tennis courts. Year-round social calendar includes holiday parties, picnics, date nights, live music. They even have a kids club for your children and much, much more. There's junior golf, junior tennis, and swim teams available.
0: For golf tips, news on the latest equipment, and everything golf, log on to GolfWithJayDelsing.com. The Front Nine is coming up.
1: Hey, this is Jay Delsing for SSM Health Physical Therapy. Our golf program has the same screening techniques and technology as the pros on the PGA Tour use. SSM Health Physical Therapy has the Titleist Performance Institute trained physical therapists that can perform the TPI screening on you as well as use a cave vest 3d motion capture system proper posture alignment etc can help you keep your game right down the middle we have 80 locations in the st louis area call 800-518-1626 or visit them on the web at ssmphysicaltherapy.com your therapy our passion Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Pearlie's with me, and we're headed to the front nine. It's brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. We know it's at Norwood Hills. We know when. September 5th through 11th. Next year, 2023. Bigger and better. Don't miss it this year, folks. Come out and see the best players in the world. Over 50. Padraig Harrington will be defending champ. We are going to the first part of my interview with the very interesting Scott Fawcett from Decade Golf. I hope you enjoy. Good morning.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed the uh, the fireside chat we did up in St. Louis earlier this year, and uh, or last year, I don't even know when it was, but I love that one. I'm sure this will be just as fun.
1: Well, first of all, let's get a little update. Um, we are talking to you right <laughs> now in the middle of uh, Q School. Tell us what's going on up in uh, <laughs> North of Texas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I,
3: you know, it's funny. I, I really did have this plan all year. I had surgery on both my elbows last year. I, I turned 49 on July 4th. So obviously I turned 50 next July 4th. So I've been really trying to gear myself up towards that that big 5-0. And I also was planning on playing a lot of golf this year in order to just actually enter Corn Fairy Q School. And I was on a pretty good track. And back July 2nd, I was out with Charles Barkley of all people and Tony Romo and Zala Torres and we were drinking vodka Gatorades, and, and Barkley actually is a funny celebrity. Most people think celebrities are funny, but Barkley actually is. And we got a little drinky, and he had me laughing so hard while I was double over coughing from COVID remnants that I tore intercostal muscles in my ribs. And so I really haven't played golf in the last eight weeks, but I was finally like, you know, I really want to play some golf terms and just see where my game is. So played the Texas Mid-Am last week, uh, shot even par bunch of very average golf but also was pretty decent golf and i thought you know if i just think a little better i can play good and so i, I had a i've got a buddy catting for me this week and i was like just make me tell you every single target i can make any mental mistakes this week so i've entered corn Ferry qualifying school so far i've shot 69 70 as a 49 year old amateur i'm in 12th place out of 78 guys through uh 36 holes taking 21 ties so I'm in good shape but I will tell you my body is getting sore and I'm <laughs> not optimistic. This golf course it's, it's it's relatively long but it's a it's a uh it's a it's a residential golf course to be. So there's like 100 yards between most greens and tees. So it's it's a big walk. Um and so I'm I'm struggling. I actually brought Crocs today. I got a blister yesterday on my right foot so I was like, "You know what?" I'm just going to use those Adidas zip tie shoes. I'm going to take them off after every single shot. I'm going to walk in Crocs, put my shoes back on. And that's what I did today. And that's what I'm going to do for the next 36 holes. And, uh, you know, my skin's kind of falling apart here, but I'm actually, I'm driving it really well. It's, it's, I'm sure we'll talk about here in this podcast, but if you drive it well and you lag putt it well, there's not a lot left to the game. And I'm driving, I've driven it really well for 36 holes and I've lag putted really well. So I've made some mid-range putts which is, again, the exact Will's Alatoris recipe. And so, I'm, um, you know, I'm 500 and in pretty good shape. Man, fun so far.
1: I got to tell you, what an aggressive play to, the, to the, the, uh, the corn fairy. I mean, there's some guys out there that can <laughs> really play, my man.
3: Yeah, this is where it's weird. Is I, I, I don't know what I'll do on Friday because, as, as odd as this will sound, I, I would definitely go to second stage I would like to probably. But final stage is the same weekend as a Tony Robbins event that my, my girlfriend and I, my fiance and I are going to in West Palm Beach. So I don't even know if I would go to that. So I, I definitely, if I'm in good shape on Friday, I, I, I may or may not sit around and I don't want it. I don't want it to be. It's 21 and ties. I don't want the one spot to miss to be 22nd place and me then not go to second stage. So I'm I'm kind of in a weird spot where I'm gonna I might sign a wrong scorecard accidentally on Friday, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens.
1: Well, we'll <laughs> is keep this
3: our BGT radio. Should I say that is that is that conduct unbecoming? Am I gonna get myself banned already?
1: Yeah, you you got <laughs> banned before you started, but you you played at Texas A and M. You were a, a, a good player, in the younger parts of your life, and then you know mm-hmm. we. I know you. Did you turned pro and played professionally for a while? You won some Hooters events and things like that, but it never really panned out the way you were hoping.
3: Yeah, you know it's funny because I definitely think that I would have been the poster boy of what I was looking for, or what I look for in a player right now. I'm I'm six one. I'm, I'm two twenty. I'm, I'm I hit the ball really far. Um, I, I think that. I just I didn't specialize in golf, honestly, until basically I got into college. I only played in two AJGAs in my entire life. And I played a year at Sam Houston State before transferring to Texas A&M. And then only played a year and a half there because of the transfer situation. And I, just, I didn't get along great with the coach there. And so by the time I turned professional, I got out of school. Like I literally probably played in maybe 20, 54 whole events in my life. So I really just didn't understand how to play the game very well. And honestly, like, it's it's funny, like Steve Jobs has a quote, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. And I, and I do believe that with myself. So got out of school in 96, played professionally till low to start an electricity company when I quit playing professional golf. But then I met Chris Como uh, playing in an underground poker game here in Dallas in 2004, <laughs> which is not, not surprising, probably. So Como and I become best, best friends I start working on my golf game with him, but then he and I are really like trying to to solve the math of poker. This is in the the early days of of web, you know, hole card cams, and actually thinking of poker as much more of a math game than just a bet until people can't stand anymore game. He and I did a lot of work together on that, and then I really started applying that same math to golf. So I wound up actually entering Q school in two thousand eight is a 35-year-old amateur, got through all four stages, Played so I played the Corn Fairy Tour sparingly. But I really think looking back at it, I just never – what I try to tell people, I try to soften the blow. I, I, I don't think people in their teens and early 20s are dumb. They just don't have a fully functioning brain yet. And that's what the, the key is. The, the, the prefrontal cortex is the executive decision-making you know, portion of the brain And that doesn't finish developing until you're 25. So right around the time I quit playing professional golf was right around the time I actually had a brain. I just didn't have enough time. Like you, you know, you're about my age. We used to think people had to get out on tour and then, you know, figure out all the shots. You had to learn all the shots in your 20s and then you peaked in your 30s as a result. I actually, looking back at it, think you just needed to survive until you got a brain and then you needed to learn how to play because the game... Is I'm illustrating this week, and again, maybe I'll shoot 75-75 and miss by a billion, but <laughs> it's, it's, not, it, it, it's it's actually a paradox. Golf is so hard that you have to play it correctly, which then actually makes the game really easy. So like this week, all I'm trying to do is hit as hard of a cut, not big of a cut, hit it as far as I can while cutting 100% of my drives, and then I'm just trying to make contact with the face, honestly, with my irons because I'm don't, i not hitting it very well. And then I'm trying to lag putt well. So I'm trying to play the par fives well. I'm trying to sneak in a 15 to 20 footer once in nine by having a bunch of 15 to 20 footers. And then you just try to not make the dumb bogeys. And I still have made five, four dumb bogeys in 36 holes, which is basically one in nine. And I'm still playing well because, and again, this is – it's relative to your ability, which, again, I do think I'm pretty good at golf. But relative to your ability, it's just not that hard to shoot a decent score. Again, if if your ability is shooting 85, I don't think that shooting 82 is that hard. I think my ability is shooting 73 or 4, and that actually means that shooting 70 or 71s not that hard as long as you're not trying to shoot 65, which we all want to play that career round every single time we tee it up, and that's why we all wind up screwing it up.
1: And, and Scott, so we're talking, and, and this will kind of fold us into Decade Golf and how you came about, but it's, it's all about the strategy. It's all about controlling your golf ball and eliminating one side of the golf course and trying to understand the shot pattern, isn't it?
3: It's it's not about eliminating a side of the golf course. It's about eliminating a double cross. That's the key. So, like, through 30, and this is why I told my buddy who's catting for me, I'm like, I actually think we're going to do okay here because I played the, the, the Texas mid-amateur last week. I shot 73, 71, 72. But like I say, I did a lot of dumb stuff just kind of trying to knock some rust off, but I didn't hit a single double cross in 54 holes. And that's, if, if as long as you don't aim it up the left trying to play a fade and then hook it, or aim, I don't care which side it is, aim it up the right trying to play a draw and then fade it, as long as you get the ball moving in the direction you intended to, it's kind of hard to hit a bad enough shot that it's not functional. And that's, again, that's the key. Well, so today on number 18 here at the bridges, it's this really stupid par five where you have to hit to kind of this one Island and then to the next Island and then onto the green. So it's like six eighty, but they moved the tees up a hundred yards today, which allowed us to hit it to the second Island um, right (laughs) off the bat. And, And so I, I didn't know how wide it was, but I'm like, it was 280 to carry on the left side and it was 280 to carry. Around. I could just kind of eyeball it, was about 70 yards wide in that area. And I'm like, as long as I don't double cross it, so I just lined it up as far left as I felt like I could. And then I just hit it as hard as I could while making sure I didn't get the face left of path. And I did actually I hit just a dead straight shot. And so it carried exactly on the line I was trying to. If I had double crossed it at all, it wasn't a problem. But then I had another 70 yards to flare it out to the right. <laughs> and and those people listening at home I'd be like, "70 yards? Are you kidding me? That's not as wide as you think it is." <laughs> it is on the PJ Tour most shot patterns, if you get a hole with like like number 18 at uh at PGA West where there's a lake along the left, the shot patterns over 100 yards wide on that golf hole every single day. Now, we don't know where they're actually aiming it, but we can kind of assume where they're aiming it. And most of those shots get huge because of guys double-crossing it. And and so as long as you get the ball moving the direction you want it to, it's just kind of hard to hit it that bad. And that's honestly, I'm trying to avoid the hosel on my irons and hit the driver as hard as I can with a cut. Like, And again, I, I want to preface that always, relative to your ability, I'm a plus four or five handicap. So relative to my ability, it's just not that hard to not hit materially bad golf shots, if that makes sense.
1: No, it really does. I think let's dive into decade golf a little bit. It's an uh, acronym for um, distance, expectations, correct target, analyze, discipline, and execute. And Mark Brody had an impact on you when you when you were kind of getting in the formative stages of this, didn't he?
3: Oh, he was, he was everything. I mean, again, this is where you know, you, you, math, all knowledge is cumulative. Like we couldn't, we, you couldn't do calculus if somebody hadn't figured out two plus two originally and, and come up with a number two. Mark Brody is the man that created the stroke skein statistics. And once those started being released, again, Como and I met in 2004 and we started working on nothing but poker. And then I went and played kind of professional amateur golf in 2008 and really was just applying the broad ideas of, of 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 poker expectation as much as anything. I'm a lunatic, so the psychology of accepting <laughs> bad beats and moving on, not you know, not dwelling on the past, and actually like saluting when when you lose a hand if you got all of your money in the pot correct, like just laugh and move on. And be like, hey, good hand. But if we do that a thousand times, I'm gonna win. It's it's it, the best analogy of that is like if you and I are flipping coins. And I flip a, you know, every time that you win, I give you $20. And every time that I win, you give me 10. Like this math's not going to work out because it's a 50-50 proposition. Golf really does drill down to that basic of math at, at some level. And so in 2011, once the stroke Gain statistics started being released that Mark Brody created out of Shotlink, I just, I, I again, it was, it's funny. It's in an online poker form called 2 Plus 2. I started. I wrote a thread in June of 2011 that just was titled "Is Is Dry for Show Put for Dough Really True," and that was based on some very crude math and the very beginning of the first strokes game to be released. But that was the first spot that I was like, "Dude, if we know how many strokes it takes to hole out from any given area, and via launch monitors like a Foresight Quad or TrackMan, we can start to measure how large shot patterns are. We can essentially solve course management." Because historically, it's just all folklore of, you know, you got to aim it up the right to get this great angle into the left pin. Well, guess what? If your shot pattern is 70 yards wide with a driver, you don't really have the ability to try to hunt an angle. And there's just all these axioms that you can start to, to, to do away with. But then what's funny, back to Mark Brody, is... You, you know, so I, I did a lot of math from the end of 2013 through the 2014 Texas Amateur, and I was going to play it myself. I got a quarter zone shot in my right arm uh, the week before, and as a result, I texted Will Zalatoris, who was just a junior golfer at my home club at the time. I'm like, let me caddy for next week, dude. I can't play now, but let's meet. Let's grab some lunch. I'm going to show you what I've done. Let me caddy for you and you'll win. At the time, he had never won really more than a high school golfer. and was 3,300 in the world. I caddied for him and he wins the Texas amateur by three. And I'm like, told you so. <laughs> and then I went and caddied for him at the U.S. Junior when he won the U.S. Junior. And what's funny is I had definitely, I realized, wow, that, that was weird because he at the time had never beaten me, but here he just won the Texas amateur, which if I had won the Texas amateur, I'd be like, holy shit, I just won the Texas amateur. How cool. I would, would not have thought twice about it, though, looping for him. And so at the U.S. junior, Jason Enloe, who was the SMU coach at the time, he came up to me, he's like, I don't know what you're doing with him, but I feel like it's something strategy related, and DeChambeau needs that. And so Bryson's the next player that I worked with, The you know, three months before he won the NCAA's U.S. Amateur. And again, circling back to this idea, Bryson and Will are two of the smartest people on the planet. They're both really intelligent, but – they don't have that last piece of the brain to help you make good, solid decisions. And so it's just about removing all of this baggage we have of like trying to make birdies, trying to make putts and ra- actually realizing avoiding mistakes is way easier than making great safe stuff happen. And then when you look back at it again, like anyone who's listening, think that, you know, your last round, I guarantee you, you think you should have shot lower. Well, you know what? I bet. It's because you made a bogey from inside 120 yards or you three putted from 15 feet. Like it's all these pedantic mistakes that if you can recognize them in advance, this is a spot where something might go wrong. And then again, it's weird because I don't want you to just not try to make the mistake. But also at the end of the day, you don't make enough birdies to justify making those pedantic mistakes period. I mean, that's all there's to it. And so you really need to just try to avoid the dumb stuff and trust the good stuff will be there.
1: This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay, and I'm with Scott Fawcett from Decade Golf. Scott, it's so interesting how you've been able to break this down and make it, as Golf Digest said, is this a cheat code? And you basically were quoted as saying, this is a math-based decision problem where we're taking the odds and we are we are doing all of this calculation in saying just don't do this and put your ball from (laughs) here to here and you're going to be okay and most tour players would be like what at least in my generation because it it was completely off the, the radar screen for us
3: well and again this is where it's so interesting but if you go to that um you know, the, the the great Curtis Strange-Tiger interview from Tiger's first professional event where, you know, Curtis says, if you finish second, what will that be? Like, well, second sucks. And Curtis says, you know, you'll learn. Well, actually, also in that interview, I think is one of the greatest hidden, hidden nuggets ever. Curtis is asking Tiger about, like, what's some of the lessons you've learned being out here some? And he said, you know, I played with Nick Price last year at the U.S. Open. We finished the first round. And Nick shot like 66. And he was leading. And I asked him, you know, we were having lunch afterwards, I asked him how many pins he fired at, and he said, like, one. And he's like, God, he's like, I thought that was really weird because I fired at every single pin that day and shot whatever he shot. Went out the second day, and he did the exact same thing. This is obviously when Nick is number one in the world and just winning everything. And Nick's you – know, t- I, I think that was probably one of the most important 36 holes of Tiger's career because it made him start thinking in the, you know, 95, 96 range of – maybe I need to play a little bit smarter golf, you know, in junior golf and amateur golf, the pins are a, a couple yards easier. The greens are a little bit softer. The rough's not quite as bad, but once you get on tour, like you gotta, you can't be an idiot. I mean, sure. You can get away with it a little bit, but I, I do believe, I do believe that tiger had to kind of be laughing himself. There were, there were, there were times when I was caddying for Taurus in 2014, 15, 16, whatever, you know, amateur and junior golf. Um, and I'm listening to what our opponents are saying. I'm going to do this, this, and that. And I was just like, God, this is unbelievable. You, you're you're not good enough to do that. It's not that you're not good enough to do that. Nobody is. And yet they're out there trying to flight and shape all these shots and hit all these half shots. And and here Tiger, I think, was probably doing the same. And then he finally realized, you know what? Let's just not do the dumb stuff. And so what, what we track in the decade after, we actually just call it the Tiger 5. It's I, I finally had enough caddies and players tell me that Tiger – said you know i tracked these five stats in the in the 2000s and they were how many bogeys did i make on par fives how many doubles how many three putts how many blown easy saves which is obviously subjective to tiger's opinion but then also bogeys with nine iron or less which we turned into bogeys from inside 150 for the decade app like if you think back to your last round of golf and you're like i should have shot three shots lower It's probably one of those five things. It's not you thought I should have hit this four iron to 20 feet and made it for birdie. Like, God dang it. I was trying to – I missed a couple putts in a row, and I had an 18-footer, and I jammed it five feet by, and I missed it coming back because I was trying to make the first putt. These are all these little things that Tiger was trying to avoid, and and the main one is bogey inside 150. Tiger in the late 90s averaged 2.3 bogeys per round from inside 150 yards. And starting in the middle of the 99 season and running through, you know, through the car wreck through 2008 or 9, whenever that was, (laughs) he averaged 2.2. Excuse me, he went from 2.3 to 1.4. Now, sure, a lot of that might have just been better golf. I'm not disputing that. But also, a lot of us probably just stopped trying to make birdies from 140. And understand if if, if a pin's three yards from the right edge and I'm aiming three or four yards left of the pin. I'll accidentally push like half my shots almost by definition. I will still make birdies, but I'll stop making this pedantic bogeys, which again is what in the Decade app, it's all we're trying to teach you is to recognize these situations in advance. There's a great quote also from David Duval. He's, he's in, a, in a commentating role, and he's saying – you know, when I look back at my career, there's maybe two or three rounds where I look back and I think that's about as good as I could have shot two or three times in my life. And I'm like, this is a guy that shot 13 under in the final round of a tour event. I'm going to assume that's one of them. And and here he is still saying, we just made all these dumb mistakes constantly. And you just can't make enough birdies to offset these dumb bogeys. And so you've just got to, again, play. That's why the second D of decade is discipline. You know, I've got a, a former guy that worked with me who, who has a great thread on Twitter always. That's, you know, a hashtag manager expectations. And that is all based off of the second D of decade, which is discipline. And if you go and it's Lou Stagner. If you go into his feed and you just click these manager expectation stats, it's insane how bad the, again, I say bad as a joke, but how bad the average the proximities and just greens and regulation and just everything of all these tour players are, and yet here we are as amateurs thinking we're gonna do better than that.
1: Okay, that's gonna wrap up the front nine. Don't go anywhere. John and I'll be back with more of the back nine and the second half of the Scott Fawcett interview. This is Golf with Jay Delson. After my knee replacement, I was able to swing the golf club again without any pain. SSM Health Physical Therapy guided me through the rehab process, and when I was ready, one of their specially trained k certified physical therapists put me on the 3D motion capture system. It was awesome. They evaluated my posture, alignment, and the efficiencies of my swing. They gave me golf-specific exercises to help make my swing more efficient and repeatable. Call 800-518-1626. Tell them Jay sent you for special pricing. Your therapy our passion.
0: The legends of golf return to St. Louis in 2023. You won't want to miss one of the strongest fields in golf. Ernie Els, Steve Stricker, Bernard Longer, John Daly, and many more when they compete for the 2023 Ascension Charity Classic title, September 5th, through the 10th at historic norwood hills country club all proceeds benefit area charities together we were able to donate over 1 million dollars to those most in need last year visit AscensionCharityClassic.com.
1: i want to tell you about a family-owned and operated golf business that's been right here in st louis for over 40 years i'm talking about pro-am golf center that's right pro-am golf center i know you know the name 8054. Ask for CJ. Or you can visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com That's ProAmGolfUSA.com Powers Insurance is a family-owned agency right here in St. Louis that specializes in providing personalized coverage for the client who has a lot going on. At Powers, they understand that you and your life do not fit in a simple box. So guess what? Neither should your insurance coverage. Go to powersinsurance.com or call 314-725-1414 and ask for Tim Davis. That's powersinsurance.com.
0: This has been Golf with Jay Delsing. To learn more about Jay and the services he can provide any golfer, visit jdelsinggolf.com. You'll see the latest in golf equipment, get tips from a PGA Pro, and you'll learn more about the game of golf. That's jdelsinggolf.com.
1: Hey, welcome back. Jay and John here and Golf with Jay Delson. We're headed to the back nine. It's brought to you by our friends at Pro-Am Golf. 314-647-8054 or visit them proamgolfusa.com. CJ is your person. Get fitted. Before you do anything else to improve your game, get fitted. I've actually got a call in the CJ to help a buddy of mine, Scott Ginger, work on some wedge fitting. So call him. Folks, we're jumping right to the second half of show one with Scott Fawcett. He will be with us again next week. But Scott's with Decade Golf. I hope you enjoy. What comes to mind is Tiger as a amateur. And he had a great amateur career, don't get me wrong. But he never made a cut on the PGA Tour as an amateur. Think about that. This, I didn't
3: realize that
1: he never made he a didn't
3: cut. Did he make it in any of the Masters or anything? No, he, didn't he,
1: any he, he, he I don't I don't believe so. He he'd come to the L.A. Open and 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 miss a cut. Phil Mickelson is a junior in college, wins the Tucson Open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but what? But your point about Nick Price—that's Price, crazy. It's it's amazing if you think about that. And the 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 the, the point with Nick Price because I talked to Price. he – so many times and he'd say quit aiming at the pins. And I'm like he goes there just put go. the thing put the thing on the green especially if you're uncomfortable. He goes you get a green light and it's a perfect yardage go ahead otherwise put it in the middle of the green. And I actually started doing that. But what was where I where my train would would crash Scott is that I'd start building this momentum and then get off of it. Because I started feeling like I, because I had a false idea of what was getting me where I was. It wasn't my hitting. It was my strategy.
3: And I think that's, if you look back at Spieth early in his career, I do think that's the cycle that he was constantly rolling through. Cameron McCormick and I were originally rebuilding his, uh, uh, whatever his stats, I can't remember now, but whatever his stats program is to be decade. And he and I had a few disagreements. So we wound up splitting ways, but There were some times early on where I I know he was teaching Jordan a lot of just decade type strategy and you would get Jordan playing great. And he would just be like, God, I'm trying to do too much with the driver. I'm just going to hit this, hit this cutter draw. I don't even remember which one it was. And then you get to playing good and you're like, okay, now I'm going to work it both ways. And it's like, then you get to playing bad and you're like, ah, I got to go back and make this simple, yep. go back to doing one thing. Yep. <laughs> and then you get going it. And it's just amazing. This cycle that we run through, it, it really is. It's just nuts. Um, And the, I mean the tiger stuff, it really is just amazing to just watch him evolve as a player. And again, the, the Nick price stuff, it's just, it's so straightforward. Well, to, today's a perfect example. Number 17, it was 162 yards to the pin. Number six, 16 the hole before, I was 165, I just hit a perfect flighted nine iron, it was downwind about 15, Uh, I kind of pulled it, I was pin high, about uh, 20 feet left, get to the next hole of part three, they had us up, and it was 165, downhill six, so 159, and then also downwind, and me and my caddy were talking through it, and I'm like, it is, it was a perfect pitching wedge. But again, I'm not trying to be like I'm playing bad. and I'm in 12th place at Q school, but I, I can't – I'm not hitting my irons well at all. And the idea of hitting an iron hard really sounds like a bad idea. So it was a perfect pitching wedge for sure, but given everything that I'm going through right now – it was the pin was seven yards on the green it was just a flighty nine that if i hit it solid yeah it's going 30 feet past the pin and i'm two putting it coming back and it is what it is
1: all right pearl that's going to wrap up the back nine gosh this is really going to be fun i'm going to hold off in the comments and we're going to get it on the 19th hole this is golf with Jay Delson. I want to officially welcome Darty Business Solutions as the new title sponsor of this show. So who are they? Well, first of all, they've been headquartered in St. Louis for the last 37 years. They're the number one largest IT consulting firm per the St. Louis Business Journal. They're also the number one largest software development company per the St. Louis Business Journal. They were voted number one top workplace in St. Louis for large companies. There's over 2,500 teammates in 30 states and in 3 countries. There are 11 Darty regional development hubs in and around the world. If you live and or work in the St. Louis area, chances are that through their business or their extensive community work, Darty Business Solutions has done something positive near you. Check us out at darty.com. That's D A U G H E R T Y. Com. I want to summarize some of the fantastic things that Marcon, your hometown company that is the largest distributor of General Electric appliance parts in North America has done this year. We started out with CEO Jim Sowers donating two service dogs to the wounded servicemen and women heroes in our country. We followed that up with a raffling of two suites at St. Louis Blues home games with Danny Mac and myself. And with all of those proceeds headed to the Backstoppers organization. Lastly, the Marcone First Responder, Military, Police, and Firefighters Viewing Deck at the Ascension Charity Classic was a huge success. So much so that this idea and model is being implemented at other PGA Tour Champions events. Thank you, Marcone, for your support, and thank you for your tireless giving in our community. I am proud to welcome the gateway section of the PGA back to my show. Whether you're pulling into your favorite driving range public golf course or country club, there is an excellent chance that the staff there is part of the over 300 men and women PGA professionals at over 100 facilities that make up our gateway section. I grew up watching so many of these fine men and women getting to the golf course at dawn, leaving at dusk, spending their entire day running events, giving lessons and growing This great game, PGA Reach, Drive, Chip and Putt, PGA Hope, and the fantastic PGA Junior League are a few of the examples of the programs run by these same PGA professionals. Go to gatewaypga.org to learn more or to find your next PGA professional for your next lesson. Go to PGA.com. The Gateway PGA, growing the game we love. Folks, do you need a new car, truck, or SUV? Then the Dean Team of Kirkwood is the place for you to go. Three one four. 966-0303 and go see Colin Byrne. He just got me into a new SUV and I love it. Boy, did they make the experience painless and super, super easy. Most dealers don't have any cars in their lots, but at Dean Team of Kirkwood, Colin has an entire parking lot full of new and used cars. You don't want a VW? That's no problem. They have Audis, bmws mercedes anything you want colin and the dean team of kirkwood will go get it if they don't have it call them at 314-966-0303 or go to dean team vw the dean team for all your car buying needs i've been looking for over three years for the perfect place to be the official 19th hole of the golf with jay Delsing show and this search is over Please welcome the Loading Dock to the show. What a great place it is. It is located at the confluence of the Mississippi and Illinois Rivers in beautiful Grafton, Illinois. Their patio is killer with seating for over 800. And every weekend, the Loading Dock has the area's best live music. There's no reservations required. They have overnight lodging available, and they also have an ice skating rink in the winter months. And don't forget about the super cool Riverside Flea Market which happens the fourth weekend of each month from april through october if you're into antiques and collectibles you gotta check it out the grafton ferry runs directly from st charles county to within steps of our parking lot go check out the loading dock and say hello to my buddy peter allen he is a great guy good golfer and a lover of the game call 618-556-7951 or visit them on the web at GraftonLoadingDock.com for more information on their live music schedule, the Riverside Flea Market and more. The Loading Dock, the new official 19th hole of the Golf with Jay Delsing show. Hey, welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host Jay, I got Burley with me, and we are headed to the 19th hole, brought to you by our buddy, Peter Allen, his dad, Ben, his wife, oh my gosh, the great Allen family up at the Loading Dock in Grafton, Illinois. Really cool peeps. We really appreciate their support. 618-556-7951 618-556-7951 get up there check out their, their patio, spectacular and uh, really really fun people all right pearl okay so let's talk a little bit first of all about scott as a person he's yeah. a very interesting guy extremely intelligent guy in my opinion and kind of avant gardish John, in the way where he doesn't really give a damn about being necessarily uh, politically correct or socially fitting into correct. the norms, and he, you know, comes off a little abrasive. But honestly, I, I really liked it.
2: Oh, I think he's very abrasive. Uh, he's very straightforward, but I like that too. And I think when when somebody brings that much information to the table, it's worth listening to. So I can see where he can turn some people off. And he's pretty straightforward on some of the oh pillars he's attacked on the on the tour. Uh, I, I personally love that he brings up the uh, Curtis Strange Tiger Woods. That was spectacular,
1: John. That's one of our favorite. That, that's one of our. That was one of the. Uh, oh my gosh! I'd say in the last 15 years of televised golf, that's one of the most poignant about face statements that's ever happened? I mean, it was like, well, just,
2: wow. just as a reminder to the listeners, that's when Curtis Strange was kind of chuckling at Tiger Woods and when Tiger was kind of realizing that he was going to be a superstar and Curtis wasn't quite uh, supportive of that or or bought into that, which is kind of interesting because, you know, here Tiger's going to dethrone, dethrone these superstars and they had no idea. So it wasn't like they even saw it coming, which I think made it even tougher for a lot of them to stomach over, the, over a period of time. But, yeah, when Scott's bringing that and the stories he's got, the background he's got, the people that he kind of grew up with, if you will, caddying and playing, as he develops his thought process, it really brings him massive credibility, just massive credibility.
1: Well, John, that's the thing that is the best thing about this, I mean, is the credibility. This is being put into use, and the, the Zalatoris, he is the poster child for this, but so is Deschambeau, quite honestly, because Deschambeau hadn't won. Uh, he had, he was always a good player. Don't get me wrong, but he had never won anything massively significant like he did winning the NCAA. John, he won the NCAA tournament. He won the the um, the U.S. Amateur Championship and he won the U.S. Open. Pearl, he's in a category. where There's only two other men that walked the planet that have done that: a Jack Nicholas and b Tiger Woods.
2: Well, I just think it's it it, it, it is that it's this credibility. But when you when you start questioning the 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 lore, even the the assumptions that's being made, the things we heard day in day out on on coverage, most of our lives growing up, Jay, so much of it was you know it's, it's the the bomber can't win the U.S. Open. Wow, you know it's it's just it's just amazing. But because when you go after the assumptions and realize that they're false assumptions, it makes a lot of people's worlds kind of kind of collapse now granted this is just golf but you know that's part of what i try to bring when i work with uh, businesses is are your assumptions accurate and that's how we do grow as as people are our assumptions accurate and this guy has gone in and found multiple assumptions that were not only very accurate they were wrong across the board flat wrong
1: no exactly
2: with all the attention paid to this game for so many years by so many people to have this come to the forefront now is is crazy exciting and, and mind-boggling. But it's it, – it's what what's, what's big – at the end of the day, at least on tour, what's going to be a bigger change, equipment, the, the physical capability of these guys, or this approach? Oh. I mean, wow.
1: Oh, I'm telling you. I mean, John, this is – let's just put it this way because th- that's a great question and that story remains to be told. But – this is every bit as significant, if not more. I mean, this talks about one of the things I thought was so interesting, John, is that, it, that a lot of the decision-making that I'll just talk about me making on a day-to-day, whole-by-whole basis had so much to do with my ego. Like, I'm I'm just going to stuff this thing right in there and, then you know, go ahead and pack your bags and get ready to go home on Friday night.
2: You know, it's it's classic. i got to tell you what's running through my brain oh, right I now. I hate these. You might, you might appreciate this. No, it's, it's not a cut at you. My father, in some ways, played to this system. He had no ego on the golf course. He knew he couldn't hit shots. He hit a simple. He hit the same shot, time in, time out. You'd sit there watching. Say, okay, let's play two holes. What's he going to shoot? Saw somewhere between 100 and, 100, and, 100 and 110. What would he shoot? Somewhere between 78 and 82. So it, part of it is just really understanding that part, what you're bringing to the course, what you can even do. But, he, he, of course, Scott's stuff is far beyond that. But it's just kind of interesting if you even approach it on that on that subject matter. And I love that she's talking about the ego because what's going to get us day in, day out. And, again, I liked what you said earlier. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. This isn't about necessarily maxing, maxing out any given round. This is maxing out the big picture, day in, day out. To shoot better scores, there's a difference.
1: There's no doubt, and I mean, we he even talks about it. Might even be later in the interview, but talks about the fun of hitting shots, right? Playing certain shots, and this is really fun. And you have seen, you've been with me when I've, I pulled some amazing shots off. Real, really, really happy. Unbelievable. Also. Fallen on several oh, swords. <laughs> fallen on several swords from some not amazing shots that weren't even, were, that weren't remarkable. They should have been simple. They should have been this. They should have been that, you know, and, and um, this stuff. So he talks about Jordan Spieth and how he and Cameron McCormick, Jordan's longtime coach, were working on Jordan's strategy. And it was going to go, he was going to go to decade, but he kind of, he and, um, um, McCormick kind of got into uh, a disagreement so they went their own way. Um, but Jordan would tell Scott. He's like it's like he'd start playing better, John, and then start going, "Now I'm going to start working yeah. the driver oh, yeah. both ways." Oh, yeah. oh. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Come on, man. How many times do we do, you know, and it's like you have this false sense of playing well, like, okay, all of a sudden I'm hitting it great, and so now you're going to take on every pin? It's like Tiger, um, when he talked to Nick Price about, John, I spoke, you know, Tiger asked Nick Price in the first round of the U.S. Open, I think it was in the early uh, 90s, or the middle 90s. Nick Price was the best player in the world at the time, and he played with Tiger, and Price shot 66, and Tiger, I think, shot 76. And he asked Nick how many pins he shot at that day because Tiger played with him, but wanted to know, and Nick said one. And Tiger said, I shot at every single one of them. And yeah. I asked Nick when he was playing, because we'd play practice rounds together, and I said, Nick, what what is it right now that has got you going where you're going? He's like, if there is even the slightest sense of me not feeling hundred percent comfortable, A with the shot or the look, B with the yardage and the club and, and the and the dangers with the water short or water to the left or right or long. He goes, I would just play 30 feet away from the flag and stick the ball in the middle of the green. You know, and so well, part of this entire strategy that that Scott talks about is is part of that. And it's it's just uh it's fascinating because what he did for Zalatoris so, so think about this. Zalatoris was the thirty, what 3300 3, 300 ranked amateur in the world, going into the Texas State Open. Now, John, you and I both know there's probably only one state open, maybe two state opens that can. Comp- I mean, state amateurs that can compare with the Texas State and. And that would be the Florida State M and the California State M. And I think the California State M is still the top banana. But here's the the 333rd, or the, I can't even say this, 3,300th um, ranked.
2: top player in the nation.
1: Yeah, right. goes in there and wins the Texas State M with Scott Fawcett on the bag. And he said to him, don't think about winning, just think about putting the ball where I told you to, and part of this thing, John, when you get the decade app, it, it maps out um, yardage books for you, and you print them out on your on your computer. It does so much. It's it's really really interesting.
2: Well, absolutely, and it's it's just that approach to have a different look at how you're doing everything that I really liked how he says how that takes away a lot of the mental strain that the that takes helps you be able to keep your energy for the physical part of it. But it really, he really talked too about, you know, Jay, you're going to practice completely different now that if you buy into this, this approach, because I loved what he said about just how he hits his tee shots more or less aimed on the left side and hit a cut. What if I need to hit a draw, hit a cut? You know, it's, it's just, it's just a different mindset, you know, relative to mapping out the golf course. You and I have talked about this a lot we would have a couple difficult holes and we would map out how we would play those holes. In other words, the decision was already made. We've talked about that on the show multiple times, how much easier that made the hole for you. And at the end of the day, on net, how much better you played it. Well, that's what he's talking about here. It's just this way, just hit this over here. And so all you're really practicing, at least off the tee is how far can you hit it and wherever you aim kind of it never goes left of where you aim type of a thing that's that's just a
1: huge piece. Well, and then he starts talking about the actual um runways that you have to miss shots in John, and it and he said it becomes absolutely massive um when it when it turns out how much yardage that includes. And he he gave that example of the 18th old PGA West stadium course where he said the dispersion Every year when the PGA Tour goes in there by the tour players is 110 yards, John, from left to right. Oh, there's one shot. For the farthest shot left and the farthest shot right are 110 yards apart, Pearl.
2: It's a hard hole. I've been there. You've been there. I've gone through tour school. You've gone through other qualifying and tournaments and that kind of stuff there. But, yeah, it's just a different way to look at it. And, again, as we've gone through this, we've had inklings of this – understanding but he's really put it together and made it made it really special. I, I just I think it's great that you're doing this. I think this is stuff we need to follow up on and uh uh really clue in the listeners to listen for more of this as they listen to the golf channel and, and golf tournaments and stuff because it's it's revolutionizing the game and the young guys coming up are using it or some version of it.
1: And so yeah yeah absolutely and John this is all brought around and do to Mark Brody. So Mark Brody is the creator of the the advanced metrics in golf. Now he used all the shot length data that they started compiling in 2007. And in 2016, he came up, he analyzed all the data and ran through all of those thousands and thousands of different golf shots. And by the way, he's a stats guy from Columbia University. And so he compiled all the information from ShotLink and created this, this uh, strokes gained formula for the PGA Tour, and that is what Scott Fawcett and Decade Golf are founded on. And John, here's the interesting thing: they're doing this in other sports, John. Not uh, there. There's advanced metrics used in in baseball now with spin rates and how much the you know Jason Isringhouse talked about this. Uh, a couple weeks ago on the show and he said you know I knew it my eye told me what it was because from the old school but once you could measure it you you knew how to categorize or what you were likely to which pitch you would likely throw better John it's the exact same thing we would have done here for our game we would have gone quit trying to hit the draw and hit the cut all day long yeah you know and so Um, And they're using it in football, John, they're using it in basketball, they, they, they just have all of this all of this information and all of this data that just starts taking the more of the human decision making element out of the game. And I could listen to arguments what maybe that's not as interesting, or etc, etc. And it certainly is not fail safe. We know that for sure. But it's one thing when you can go back and point at some specific information that led you to your decision that really can, uh, help you sleep at night.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it's a rhythm to the round. It's, it's having a game plan. It's, it's all those things kind of put in together and, and basing them not on what you're feeling at the moment, but what the odds are long-term and be able to, to, to trust that. I think it's exciting as can be. I'm really glad that uh, you've got him on this and, that we've got another whole show with them next
1: week. Absolutely. And Pearl, this is going to wrap up this show. So folks, come back, check out Decade Golf, Google it, check out the app, and uh, come back next week and listen to Pearlie and I because we're going to break down the second half of our interview with Scott Fossett. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music,